0: Happy New Year, scam ScamFam, and welcome to the 2022 edition of the Scam Kings Podcast. We're going to start off the year super simple. It's a topic that we've explored before through Ronald Mikos, and with the exception of a few minor details, it's a cut and dry case that should be easy listening for the first episode of the new year. This mother and son duo has a case that for some reason was not as well covered as it needed to be, despite the seriousness of the case. But thank god for court documents, we can still see to some extent how sorted this all turned out for the love of money. Vance and Rosie Baker were the proprietors of Long Life Home Health Care located in Brooklyn, New York. It was an elderly care unit registered under the Medicare program, which means that anyone with that coverage would have, at the very least, part of the treatments paid for by the government. I covered in some detail how this would work in Season 1, Episode 5 of this podcast when we looked at Dr. Mikos. So if you need to revisit that, feel free to stop this episode and have a listen. Similar to Mikos, Vance and Rosie funneled the coverage funds to businesses that were owned by them as payments done for work by contractors. But whereas Mikos was conducting unnecessary surgeries on his patients so that he could charge more, Vance and Rosie just charged the work to contractors' renovations. They had one other accomplice, a Dr. Daniel Hodge, who was in on the fraud and also happened to be Rosie's living boyfriend. He, as essentially one of their contractors, Treated employees of lifelong and gave Rosie kickbacks out of the payments made out to him. Now, I can only give you the bare bones versions of these events because, again, we only have court documents, case law documents at that, to go on. Either way, these three were in on the scam, and between 1988 and 1996, they managed to steal approximately $2 million for their personal benefit. In September of 1996, Things started to fall apart. After squirreling away such a large amount, it seems as if they failed to cater for any legitimate transactions that they may have mixed in. Because, as we all know by now, scammers always have a percentage of legitimate transactions to make their theft somewhat legitimate to the auditor who's not actually looking for anything. And so, Andrew Green, who was legitimately contracted to renovate Lifelong's offices, came to collect payment for services rendered. An exchange of words between Andre and Vance became a delivery of gunfire from the latter to the former. Vance wasn't a very good shot so he missed and Andre was able to wrestle the gun away from him. Andre took the gun to a nearby police station where he made a report and returned with officers who were intent on making an arrest. Vance was hiding in the office when authorities showed up. And I guess at the time, snitches get stitches didn't have much cultural significance to Daniel because he sold Vance right out. Police did arrest Vance that day, and needless to say, Rosie was not happy with her man. In fact, it is said that this was the cause of their soured relationship. But to me, it's either that, or the fact that she threatened to kill him over the incident. Either way, after that, she started nixing him from Lifelong's network of services, and naturally, he started to demand payments owed. When Rosie refused to pay him, he not only filed a suit with the New York State Court, but he threatened to sell out the entire ATS scheme to police. Common sense would dictate that the latter piece of information held more weight, and luckily, or unluckily, Rosie had just enough of it to figure that out. And so, she decided that she needed to shut Daniel up. Permanently. Her initial go-to was an ex-boyfriend, Michael Davis, In May of 1997, they met up and Rosie explained that she wanted Daniel killed. Michael, who operated as a hitman, declined the job and this is when Rosie decided that it was time to take things into their own hands. A month later, on June 26, 1997, police found Daniel Hodge slumped in the driver's seat of his car. There were two gunshot wounds on his upper back. Eyewitnesses say that they saw a vehicle pull up to Daniel's apartment complex only to hear gunshots moments later. They saw two men, one scaled a fence and got into the same late model vehicle that they eventually got away in and the other was carrying a briefcase. It was this evidence, along with the testimony of Michael Davis who further testified that sometime in June or July, Rosie had confided that she had gotten vance to kill Daniel and recorded telephone conversations where Vance admitted to destroying a computer belonging to Daniel that contained the evidence of the scam that incriminated the two. Vance and Rosie were arrested in 1997, tried and sentenced to life in prison in February 2000. The trial was two weeks long. They were charged with conspiracy to commit murder with intent to obstruct justice, murder with intent to obstruct justice, conspiracy to use a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence use of a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence and possession of a firearm with an obliterated serial number but this last one was attributed to vans only these charges were one count each and they were found guilty across the board there was one bit of drama when it came to their sentencing something to add a little razzle dazzle to this red collar crime when the jury went into deliberate Everyone was pretty much set to give Rosie and Vance the boot. All but one. Juror number 12 was not totally convinced that the two had committed the crime. Her justification? Her gut. Her colleagues urged her to look at the evidence provided, but she bluntly refused and after a while stopped speaking to everyone altogether. Now in order to convict the two, the decision needed to be unanimous. So, the team disbanded and left for the evening. The foreman sent a note to the judge, letting him know of the situation and how difficult the juror was making things. The foreman suggested that she be replaced with an alternate. The judge called the juror and interviewed her, during which, it is said, she contradicted herself a lot. She was eventually dismissed from the group and a unanimous decision was achieved with 11 jurors. Vance has made several motions to overturn his imprisonment due to this Dura 12 issue. He's been denied each time with his latest recorded attempt being made in 2018. he is currently incarcerated at the United States Penitentiary in Canaan, Pennsylvania. I'm unable to say where Rosie is, but I certainly hope that she's... doing. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Scam Kings. Information for today's episode was sourced from Fine Case Law and Casemind.com. If you like this episode, be sure to use the ratings featured on your favorite streaming services to give us 5 stars. Until next time y'all, take care.